Thank you once again for tuning in to the Hot Take Podcast for our 34th episode. On today's show, we talk all about the Western and Eastern Conference standings, the West especially with Denver now losing Jamal Murray. Also, we talk about the Lakers taking on the Nets, the Knicks as well, and also my experience at the Brooklyn Nets game last Saturday against my Lakers. For Hot Takes, we discuss Dunk of the Year prospects and the WNBA jerseys, which are fire. All right, guys, enjoy. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Hot Take where I, along with my co-host Nat and Lawrence, give you our hottest takes on all things NBA. Now, for the first half of our episode today, it'll just be uh, Lawrence and myself. And then in a little bit, Nat is going to join us. He's going to grace us with his presence. But until then, you have Lawrence and myself. What's up, Lawrence? How you doing, man? Long time no talk. Where you been, man? Right, right. School's but- been, uh, it's been something, but here we are. Making an appearance. <laughs> I mean, you know, school's almost done, right? You were just telling me not not too much longer, and you're graduating. Yeah, it's crazy to think. <laughs> <laughs> big stuff coming your way. Speaking of big stuff, big news. We're actually going to hop right into our top stories, but I kind of wanted to start off the show with just giving a standings update, both East and West. Kind of get your takes on it. We'll start with the East. Of mm-hmm. you know, we always start with the East, so we'll we'll stay in line with that. So currently right now, first place, we have the Philadelphia 76ers. Second place, the Brooklyn Nets. Third place, the Milwaukee Bucks. Fourth place, surprisingly, we have the Atlanta Hawks, who even without Trey Young, they're they're balling. Miami's mm-hmm. jumped back up into the, the five range. Hopefully they can keep it there. After Miami, we have the... Charlotte Hornets, who as of late have been shorthanded with the injuries of LaMelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Yet, as we'll get into in a little bit, you know, they're still holding their own. They're still doing their thing. Uh, I think it's the announcers, mm-hmm. honestly. I think that's their secret power, their secret <laughs> sauce. And then in seventh, we currently have the Boston Celtics. Um, and in eighth place, we have your New York Knicks. We'll talk a little bit more about them in a second. Um, in Currently in the play-in spots, ninth and 10th, we have the Indiana Pacers and we have the Chicago Bulls. Before we move on to the West, I just kind of want to get your takes on the East. It's been a battle for that number one spot between the Sixers and Nets. You and I said at the beginning of the season, we had the Sixers staying number mm-hmm. one, you know, heading into the playoffs. As of today... Do you still anticipate that the Sixers will remain number one heading into the playoffs? I do. I do think so. Um, yeah, like the Joel Embiid missed a bunch of time uh, with his injury, and yet the Sixers are still where they are, and the Nets weren't able to gain enough ground to, you know, take the lead on them. Um, so now that Joel Embiid is back and healthy, I think they'll be able to hopefully retain that lead at the top of the East. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they're they healthy. They're playing kind of the same way they were playing prior to his injury. And I think 
in a season where you know I've heard a lot of debates about a lot of people like what Brooklyn's doing right now, where they're testing the waters, they're messing with the lineups, they're doing a whole bunch of different things to get ready for the playoffs. And then a lot of people are complaining about the Sixers, saying they're sticking to the same old thing. But I feel like that's what the Sixers need to do. You know, mm-hmm. this the, for the first time, you have a almost a legendary coach. You know, Doc Rivers is you know he's no bum, mm-hmm. but you know what he? I feel like this is what they need. They needed they needed an identity. They're playing to their strengths, and even if one of those guys is not on their game. They're still going to ball out. I saw um, a quote from Ben Simmons, I think it was today, talking about – because there's arguments about Defensive Player of the Year. You know, there's Rudy Gobert. There's Ben Simmons. There's Bam Adebayo. There's all these other names. And Ben Ben goes, <laughs> you know, when we played them, you know, he he guarded me. And I dropped 42 on him. And that's their best defensive player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, Ben, speak your truth, man. Speak your truth. I, I, kind of going off topic right now. I think right now Gobert leads for defensive player of the year. Do you think mm-hmm. it should be him or do you think it should be Ben? I don't know. I think it should be Ben, you know. like I think Gobert gets bullied too much when he gets put up against a real center. Uh, you put him against Embiid, against Giannis, even against Jokic. Uh, right. Always gets bodied. Always gets bullied. Even Zion, man, made him look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in regards to Zion, in, in his defense, I feel like Zion <laughs> is just dominating everybody. We'll actually get to that when we talk about the the West. Um, so right now, you know, we... We, as we mentioned, rounding off the, the top three, we have Milwaukee, who has just been solid. I heard mm-hmm. now there's even talks that they're going to sign Joe Johnson, or they're working out Joe Johnson. Oh. So another shooter, uh, Joe Johnson. You know he's shown in in the big three. I think he was the MVP. They won it when he played in the big three. Like he can yep. hoop still. Like he's no yes. he's no bum. You know, just spot up shoot all day long. That's all you need. Yes, sir. That's all you need. Miami. I, I hope, I hope and I pray Miami stays in that four to five range. Mm-hmm. I hope they don't, you know, I'm fine if they reach third. Anything higher than that, I don't know. I, I think four or five is perfect. You don't yeah. want anything lower than that because then you risk, you know, having to play in the play-in games. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit too risky. Charlotte, um, I don't, how, what do you think about Charlotte? They're, right now they're currently – you know, in in uh, fifth, no sixth, rather. Do you mm-hmm. think they're going to stay there? Do you think they're going to drop off with the injuries that they have? Yeah, I unfortunately think they're going to drop off. Uh, with the loss of Lamelo Ball, he was their spark plug, uh, that catalyst all year for them. W- without him there, it's just like it's not the same team, you know. Uh, so, um, I unfortunately think they're going to drop off. Well, if they do drop off, how do you expect them to fall out completely? Do they land in the play-in spot? I think if anything, it's go- so like those bottom five teams is just so close, separated by like a, a game, maybe game and a half. Uh, so I I can mm-hmm. see them fall into a playing spot. Uh, the Bulls are playing well with the addition of Vuce, uh, with Vooch, um, so I definitely see them rising and the Hornets falling. I'm glad you mentioned Chicago because I feel like not too far behind Chicago. I could be wrong, but 
one of the teams that's been surging behind Chicago is Toronto with the arrival mm-hmm. of Gary Trent Jr. And like he's just balling out. And yes. it's wild because he said himself, like, it feels so good to be in a place where you're wanted. Mm-hmm. And he is absolutely I feel like he's is almost like the prodigal son. Like he he's returned home, so to speak. Yep. You know, his dad kind of followed the same path. We talked mm-hmm. about this on previous episodes where his dad played for Portland, but then got traded to Toronto. Yes. That's where, you know, he played his career. It's the same thing. I feel like he's home. He feels happy to be there in Toronto. And he's he's playing he's like home. it. He's going all out. All out. I'm I'm yep. shocked, honestly. Um what has there you know, talking about Chicago moving up, Charlotte mm-hmm. moving down, can you see Toronto kind of making a push or do you think they should just kind of chill the rest of the season fall back let the season end recover get ready for next season I mean no like if there there's an opportunity definitely for them uh to come in make a push uh you know there's still a good uh chunk of the season left if you're if you're in the the hunt make the push try and try and get that play-in spot because they got veteran leadership uh they've won a championship with that core team that they have with Pascal with Lowry, with um, yeah, the, all, all those core pieces, so they can definitely make a make a run. You maybe cause some, uh, make an upset for one of the top uh, upper seeds in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I agree completely. I, I think they can make that push. I think they might. I feel like Indy, you know, Indy might might pop up there. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um. With that, let's move on to the West. So the West standings right now, as we speak, we're recording this Tuesday night. We have Utah first, Phoenix second, Clippers third, Nuggets fourth, Lakers fifth, Portland sixth, Dallas seventh, Memphis eighth, San Antonio ninth in that playing spot, and Golden State tenth in that playing spot. Just looking at the the Western Conference standings, what kind of stands out to you as of now? Uh, I definitely got to say it's the the Suns, where they are in the standings at, at the number two seed. You know, we we were saying like maybe the Nuggets were going to be up there, the Clippers, you know, the Lakers, but they're making that push with Chris Paul at the helm of that young team, uh, including Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Even you know got Crowder there too. So I mean that that team is making some noise in the West. They're playing well. And I think they're going to continue playing well into the playoffs. I agree. And I'm glad that you mentioned the Suns because my question is, you know, there's all this debate about big players who were in the MVP race who are injured and may not not receive that MVP vote. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are pushing for Chris Paul to get MVP votes. Mm -hmm. Now, in your mind, is he deserving of MVP votes from what you've seen thus far this season? So... Think he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Uh, I'm not going to be out here like Charles Barkley, you know. Like I love Chuck, but you know th- this man thinks that he should <laughs> win MVP. You know, Jokic is playing too well. Embiid has just been a force, a monster this year. So I mean, you know, they've been there the whole year. I think Chris Paul is just emerging as of late uh, as that MVP candidate, and it's due to the injuries of others. So unfortunately, I don't think. He should win, but he should definitely be in the conversation. And I think that he will get some votes. You know, I'm glad that you brought up, 
you know, Jokic. So let, let me ask you this, right? He obviously is in talks for being the MVP, but now that he doesn't have his sidekick there, Jamal Murray, who just got injured, you know, sad to say, do you still think he is in – do you still think he's the front runner for MVP? Yes, I do. Um, and I actually think that incre- it increases his chances of winning MVP um, with Jamal Murray out. Um, if he's able to prove that he can carry the team um, without his sidekick, like you said, Jamal Murray, um, I think that just proves that he is even more valuable to his team that, yeah, than all these other players that, that are in the conversation too with Embiid, uh, Chris Paul, like we mentioned before. Um, and I also think that with you know Jamal Murray out, that increases the the value of the Aaron Gordon trade. Um, he needs to fill in big shoes. Jamal Murray continue to ball out like he has been. You know he's found a home there in uh, Denver, and I think he really needs to step it up uh, to pick up the slack for Jamal Murray. So before we we move on, you know, just to kind of wrap this part up. In the tenth and final playing spot right now, currently is the Golden State Warriors. In your mind, do they fall out of play in contention, or do they at least get into that ninth, tenth spot? Do they remain there? Nat, I'm sorry. Um, they are going to make it into the playoffs. My man Steph is going to lead them into the playoff race. Let's go. I agree. I agree. And as you heard, Lawrence was. Uh, <laughs> Making reference to Nat. Nat has joined us. What's up, Nat? How you doing, bro? What's up, guys? Glad to be here once again. I, I heard that uh that Warriors take Lawrence. What is that? What is that? It's the truth. Let me see here real quick. Seven Mavericks, eight Grizzlies, nine Spurs, ten Warriors. Oof. I don't know. I take Mavs and Grizzlies any day out of those four. I don't know about you guys. Oh, well, here's the thing. I think San Antonio could drop off. Mm-hmm. Memphis, I think will, the, you know, they're going to do just fine. I want. I'm interested in Denver. I'm really interested in Denver, and we'll get to that right now, actually, because what we mentioned earlier, one of the main top stories that, you know, just happened. You know, just within the last 24 hours, Jamal Murray he lands awkwardly, mm-hmm. or he plants awkwardly as he's going in for a layup. And, you know, the terrible news that he he tears his ACL. That's it. He's done for the season. So let me ask you, like how we normally do, going to Lawrence first. Lawrence, what does this mean for the Denver Nuggets going forward in your mind? Uh, I mean, I definitely – it's a huge, huge loss. Uh, the fact that it happened in the last minute of the game, uh, really, really sad. You know, they, they could have ended up sitting him out, saving him for the next game for the rest of the season. And, like, that didn't happen. And, unfortunately, he tore his ACL. Uh, I think, like I said before, Aaron Gordon has big shoes to fill, to step in, to be able to keep the Nuggets in that fourth spot in one of those top seeds in the West. They don't want to be uh, fighting for that play-in spot. Um, but, yeah, they, I think they're in trouble. I think they'll be okay just not in as good a shape as they would have been with Jamal Murray. Man, I'm I'm relieved. In a sense, like, obviously, it, it, it's a bad injury for Jamal Murray. Um, prayers up to him. But in terms of the actual, like, competition that, you know, the West is filled with, 
um, that you know Denver lacks that guard depth now that we talked about earlier, Quia, like early episodes, how Denver lacks those guards that can help Jamal Murray um, when he's off the court or on the bench. At least, you know, when I'm looking at my Lakers, I was scared that they'd meet Denver in the playoffs in the first round because Jamal Murray, MPJ, Will Barton, Jokic, and Gordon would just – I'd be scared. I'd be scared. So now they lose their second offensive weapon in, in Jamal Murray, leaving just Jokic, maybe Aaron Gordon if he steps up. So now you have Jokic with all of that um, responsibility. It's just him now, only him that, you know, teams might target on defense. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Denver bounces back. I'm sure they'll be okay. Definitely not in the play-in. Maybe seventh if, you know, if, if, all, if all goes well. I do believe Jokic is, is, is good. You know, MVP caliber player. Definitely can lead his team to you know at least those top six or seventh um, spot in the in the conference uh, standings. So that was my next question. Actually, is because they are so thin at that position. You know who replaces him? Like I know you have Compazzo. He's he's a nice passer. You know he could definitely you know <laughs> dish the ball. But when you need somebody to give you 50 points, who are you going to go to? You know what I mean? I feel like this is going to be the opportunity now for guys like Michael Porter Jr. to step up offensively. This is going to give guys like Aaron Gordon, who, you know, while in Orlando was seen as, you know, this that this is going to be the face of our franchise and that ended up not happening. It was Nikola Vucevic. So you have this label of Aaron Gordon be like this really, really high-end extremely extremely good role player but i think he's gonna have to for the for the time being take the next step up in order for this team to have a chance and i'm just gonna say this because we kind of talked about it earlier if they survive if they if they make it into the playoffs and they have a nice playoff run without jamal murray without a shadow of the doubt without a shadow of a doubt nicole Jokic should be the mvp hands down because he doesn't have a legitimate you know superstar playing alongside him that's just my take. One of the other top stories Dame. that <laughs> Dame has CJ McCollum. McCollum's back. Oh my gosh! Let's go. All right. He was on all. I guess so. He was on pace of being so. all star. Mm-hmm. But Dame didn't have him for like at least two or three weeks. Or no, no, I'm sorry, like more than three weeks, like six weeks almost during yeah. the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But he, the thing is, CJ's back. Nikola Jokic is not going to have Jamal Murray back until next year. <laughs> you know, best case. <laughs> all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, you know, the other, I would say main top story from last week into this week, the LA Lakers, you know, Nats, LA Lakers take down the mighty Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> My yes, question sir. to you is New York, the the Knicks beat the Lakers. So what does that mean? Are, are the Knicks... The more superior team. I mean, that's, you know, if you follow that logic, like Lakers take down the Nets. Oh, my gosh. The Knicks take down the Lakers. So, in theory, you know what I mean? By the distributed property. Wait, wait. Can I ask that first? Can I go first? Sure. I love how I love how these players that play the Lakers suddenly turn into superstars. Like when uh, when the Sixers (laughs) play the Lakers, Danny Green makes like, well, like six threes. And yes. then when when the Knicks no. play the Lakers, Julius Randle, Julius Randle like like shoots like you know thirty five points in the oh, game. He's already I'm a like, star. All all of a sudden, like like these these players are like going off on the Lakers, bro. Like like here and there, 
It's like, whoa, like, where was that? Like, you know, two two games ago, you know, against the freaking <laughs> uh, Cavaliers or something like that. You know, it's like, it's like that's, what? That's what happens what that? when you're the defending champs. You gotta, you gotta take your blows. You're the defending champs. That's mm-hmm. how it is. I guess so. That's how it is. <laughs> uh, Lawrence, let me let me ask you this, uh, and then of course to to Nat this this question from the beginning. So ever since this trade happened for the Nets big three. Everybody, literally everybody, ESPN, Sports Center, social media, anybody and everybody swears up and down that the biggest team to be afraid of, you know, the big bad wolf, so to speak, is the Brooklyn Nets. After seeing what the Lakers mm-hmm. did to the Brooklyn Nets, mind you, the Lakers did not have Anthony Davis, LeBron James, or Kyle Kuzma. The Nets were without James Harden, but they still had Kyrie for three, you know, two and a half quarters, and they had mm-hmm. KD for the entirety of the game. In your mind, to you guys, are the Brooklyn Nets still like this otherworldly team that cannot be caught? You know, they're like they're the definite shoe in to come out of the East. Is that how you guys still feel? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you know, people, teams have their off days, you know, like they, that was one of their off True. days. I'm True. sorry, Nat. Uh, still a good game, <laughs> but just not the Nets' best game, you know? <laughs> so, yes, right. True. Through and through. Two words for you guys. James Harden. If he was there, I'm telling you, they'd be up 20 or 30. With the big three, James Harden, I don't know why, but when he's on the court, like, it's scary to watch. He's so good at scoring. You know, he's he's either going to run up on a floater, he's going to step back on the three, or lob it up to Claxton, lob it up to um, Blake, if anything. Like, he's a scary threat on on offense. Um, Kyrie was was cooking. KD was off, um, mi- you know, missing his shots in the middle of the game. But um, I actually have a lot to, to like, talk about for that game, because I was there, obviously. But um, first off... The the Lakers exposed the Nets and, and how bad their defense is, how bad it really is. Cause man, like like seeing that game, like the the Lakers knew where they were gonna pass it to, intercepted the pass, they they read their their offense and what they were gonna do next. And it was just crazy how good this team is without the goat and baby goat. So um so you know it's it's just it's just crazy when they come back, what that means for the rest of the league. You know, if they can do this on on defense, how how well they were against the Nets. I think it was more of like a personal thing. They were out to get the Nets because they beat them so bad at uh, L.A. the first game. But, um, yes, the Nets defense is is terrible. But I still pick them to go out of the East because their offense is so good. They can outscore all the teams that will play them in four or seven games. Okay, well, since you brought it up, let, let's let's talk about this real quick. This this top story that we're going to get into now is Nat Nat's experience. Because yes. for people who don't know, Nat was able to go to the Lakers Nets game. He was there yes. in person. I want to get the full experience. So let me. I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> if you could just you know let me and Lawrence know how it is. First of all, yeah. What were the protocols leading up to you being able to attend the game? What did you have to do in order to ensure that you could get into the arena and to watch? So the protocols changed um, five days before the game. So before April even started, you know, back in March, the the instruction was to get a PCR test or like the the longer test um, three days before you enter the game. 
So bring those results with you that are negative, bring it with you to the game. But they changed it now, even, even for the Knicks too. You can get a rapid test. So you can get a rapid test on the day of. So my dad and I did that. So at no cost, you go into the arena earlier and get your rapid test. So we went to the mm. arena about an hour and a half earlier. So an hour and a half before tip-off. Got rapid tested. And in 10 minutes, we were clear to go, negative, and then went inside the building. Nice. So it was fast. Nice. Wow. Okay, so those those are the protocols leading up to you being able to enter the game. As you walk into mm-hmm. the was, let me ask you this first. Was this your first NBA game that you've been to? Yes, and the first time being in the Barclays Center, too. Really nice. Okay. It's so nice there. Really nice. What was the vibe as you entered the arena, as you entered Barclays? Barclays, like, what was it like for you? Okay, so when my dad and I first entered the stadium, we were like, wow, this is so, like, um, high quality. Like, like this this arena looks good. Um, we took a lap around the whole floor that, that our seats are on. So, like, the very, like, first floor, looking around, like, what was there to eat? What was there to drink? You know, very expensive stuff, as you all know. You know, arena food is so expensive. Um, so... You know, you, you guys saw the pictures on, on Instagram, but my seats are pretty close. So right when mm-hmm. we enter, my section was already there. Like we entered through the door, obviously like the security like um, sensor, you had to walk through it, put your items in the little tray thing. Um, we walked to the attendant, gave him our tickets. She gave us our mask, our free mask right here. Hey. And then um, we went to our went to our section and the the feeling right away was, oh my God, this is happening. Well, for me, at least, because I was hyped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it was – so we got there early enough to watch them warm up. So, you know, of course, there's no one there yet. A few people here and there. But we walk in, and we immediately see KD warming up. Like, he's he's in the post, doing post moves, doing fadeaways, dunking. So my, so my dad and I get seated, and then we're like, let's go down all the way to the front and see KD. So we're literally, like, in the front of, of our section, and KD is, like, 10 feet away, like, 20 feet away. And we're like watching him, like just like you know, just shoot nonstop makes, and then we're mm-hmm. like, "Wow, this is crazy!" Like I saw, I saw the sweat on his neck. Like that's how close we were. <laughs> like it was crazy. <laughs> um, but but the arena was blasting with like trap music. You know how it is, rap music, getting hyped as mm-hmm. they're warming up. Um, I saw AD warm up on the other side. That was pretty cool too. He's doing like um, uh, cardio, a little bit of like jump rope, a little bit of um, a bunch of like footwork movement kind of things and uh i also saw him do a lot of like shooting um no running yet just like nice little like you know post up fade away like jump shots it was it was cool um but entering the arena was awesome it just felt like a breath of fresh air like entering like a new reality you know mm-hmm. it was it was great it was great um in your section were there other people around you was it just you know were you guys spread out like what was it like in your section yeah there was like so like the the pods were either two people or four people. So in this case, it was me and my dad as a two person pod. There were like other two player, two people pods, four people pods scattered around the section. But like we were all like at least like ten feet apart, you know, more than six feet apart. So we were, we had a lot of room to ourselves. We weren't squished. We weren't like you know um, claustrophobic. You know, claustrophobic. However you say it. But uh, mm-hmm. it was it was good enough to enjoy it and not have the pressure of like you know, being so, so, so tight in the, in the arena. Mm-hmm. When you see 
Kevin Durant in person, right? Because a lot of people who maybe like they don't really follow basketball. They just watch, you know, casually, you know, at parties and whatnot. When they realize or they hear how tall these players actually are, their their minds are blown. But seeing mm. KD that up uh, that close, you know, he's listed as at one point in time he was like six eight, but it's understood throughout the league he's a seven footer. Like, is he just like this massive? human being like what was it like seeing kd yeah he he was tall like like looking at like how the rim was compared to where he was like his head he was like almost right up there and it was crazy too because um you know like seeing like all the players even like during the whole game like just how like big they are and how like you know volume big muscle guys um kd obviously is not skin and bones but (laughs) Um, he's, he's definitely like, like one of the taller people, but like Mm. just seeing them in person, like it was just crazy. Cause you always see them on, on the TV, you see them, you know, like playing like on your screen, but when you see them in person, like they move the same, but like, like the way they look is just a lot bigger. And and I was Mm -hmm. just caught off guard by how tall he really is in in real life. So, uh, two questions real quick here. The first one being, it's understood that they pump in crowd noise. Do you hear mainly crowd noise while you're watching, or do you actually like hear like players calling out stuff, like you know, saying stuff, talking on the court? Like, what do you as a fan in the arena hear? Oh man, so so at first, well, to answer your first question, um, there is like the like the yeah, you know, like the the voice that like they play after each like bucket or after each you know whatever, you know, the whole PA, you know, everyone hears it, right? But like hearing the fans you know like cheer or boo it's it's quiet obviously because there's not many people in the stadium but um it was funny because like i was dying to hear what schroeder and Kyrie were talking about you know when they got ejected i couldn't hear it i couldn't hear it it was too faint like we were too far apart so you don't really you know from my seats you don't really hear them talking or what they're saying but um the whole crowd i mean the whole arena was booing once Kyrie got thrown out like everyone was just booing um, and the guy next to me, oh no, like the, the pod next to me and my dad, when Kyrie was shooting free throws was like, you better miss Kyrie. I'm like, whoa, this is a Nets game. What? They're booing Kyrie for what? <laughs> so like, I, uh, I heard some Lakers fans in the building too, um, as, as we should, but, um, yeah, it doesn't feel the same. Like there's booing, there's cheering, but it's not as loud. It's not as like, pick me up as a normal NBA game would be. So with when you obviously you've watched games from home, is it a different sound being in person than what you hear at home on TV? Like the the noise difference is completely different. Like it's more obvious being at home. It's you know input crowd noise, whereas in the arena you really hear what it sounds mm-hmm. like. If that makes sense, man. Like in the in the arena, like I hear like the the, the shoes squeaking. I I hear like the the thud of the basketball on the. Um, on the court. Um, I just hear a lot more than the TV, obviously, but I do miss hearing Mike Breen saying bang or like, you know, like or the, uh, commentators, like in the Hornets, you know, overreacting yeah. to a, to a Miles Bridges dunk, you know, that kind of thing. Cause obviously like right. you don't hear um, commentators, you just hear the PA announcer saying, Oh, foul number two on Bruce Brown or personal foul on whatever. Or um, when um, Katie shoots like Kevin Durant scoring, you know, something like that. But, um, you don't hear like the actual commentating from these ESPN or uh, TNT announcers or nothing like that. 
But um, yeah, it was just different. Obviously, you got you have to see these people actually play in front of you, than like through a TV. My my next question is like you. How do I word this? Obviously, like it was an amazing experience for you. You know what I mean. But as a Lakers fan, yeah. knowing what you were going into without the pieces that you had, was it the outcome that you expected, or were you surprised with the outcome of this game? See, no. Remember, I texted you, Kuya. I was like, "I'm gonna watch Shooter and Montrez Harrell get blown up by 30 tonight," and uh, it turns out it was the opposite. <laughs> they they blew out the the Nets by 25. Um, I honestly, I was not expecting this at all. Like when, when Ben McLemore had the ball, he almost always just shot it. He didn't even like dribble. He just shot it. So when I first saw him do his first three makes, I was like, no, don't do that. What are you doing? And then he makes it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, we're good. good." (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so like I was, I was outraged. Like, oh my gosh, like all the N1s. I like screamed. I was like, "And what?" Like, like right in front of my dad. <laughs> it was, was rude, but um, I did it. You know, it was, it was like, like as a as a fan, like of course I wanted LeBron and AD there. Like I wanted to see them play. Obviously, that couldn't happen. But uh, I was glad that I saw at least KD, Kyrie, um, Drummond, KCP, Caruso. You know, like those kind of players. Um, but I was shocked by the uh, by the game. Uh, by the third quarter, they were up twenty or twenty five. So we left after the third quarter. We're like, this is <laughs> this is done. It's a it's a done deal. It's a blowout. <laughs> so we saved some time going home. So let me ask you. You know, uh, my, my last question before you know Florence has any last questions for you, and before we move on, being that your team won, right? My question would be, if you know, this is your first mm-hmm. game in the actual arena, would you rather? have seen Anthony Davis and LeBron James play, but the Lakers lose, or do you take this W? I would much rather see LeBron and AD play and they lose. I mean, I mean, you know, playing the Nets, mm-hmm. you expect to lose. You expect to lose to the Nets. It's just crazy how after after Kyrie and, and Dennis got ejected, the Nets went over 14 from three. So after that took place, the Nets shot no threes after they got ejected. So I, that, that easily, you know, translates to a loss. Like, that's easily why you lost. Um, I think Kyrie was their, like, their main guy, and they lost him because of Dennis, you know. So um, it was it was not the Nets that we, you know, see normally. So, um, you know, you, you expect them to blow out teams like the Pelicans, you know, the, 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 the game before. So, but it was good. I'd rather see LeBron and AD play any day. Like I want to see them in person. I want to see. I want to see LeBron's bald spot. I want to see AD's eyebrow. You know, I, I want to see all that. Give me that. Lawrence, do you have any questions for Nat before we move on? Nah, you pretty much got it. You know, happy you got to see him play. Yeah, happy I think you got the dub. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we covered oh, pretty right. much everything. Yeah, uh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so it was great. You know, hopefully yeah. in the future, the three of us, you know, maybe we can link up once. COVID and everything starts to settle down. We can all catch a game, you know, maybe uh, maybe two games. We'll see. I don't know. Something like that. We'll work it out. <laughs> but moving right along to our hot takes to kind of close off the show, we have two topics that we're going to get into. The first one being dunk of the year, right? When, when Anthony Edwards had that dunk on – Watanabe, like everybody swore, myself included, is like, yo, this is dunk of the year. This hands hands down has to be the dunk of the year. 
But since then, there have been other candidates for Dunk of the Year. I wanted to get your guys' take on... There's a couple choices here. The first one, the one I just mentioned, Anthony Edwards on Watanabe. The next one, you know, that happened not too long ago, just a couple days ago, is... Or was it yesterday? Miles Bridges on... Miles Bridges on Clint Capella. That's the second one. Third one, we have Kawhi Leonard dunking on DeAndre Ayton. Fourth one, we have Russell Westbrook dunking on Bismack Biombo. Fifth one, we have Rudy Gobert dunking on Giannis Adedekumpo. And I'm gonna throw in a you know a sixth one. Just kind of happened just now, actually, just today. We have Caleb Martin, one of the Martin twins from also the Charlotte Hornets, throwing it down on Nat's boy, Ben McLemore of the LA Lakers, <laughs> two-handed tomahawk, just throwing it down. So let me ask you guys, Lawrence, in your mind, what has been the dunk of the year? Well, I'll tell you what's definitely not the dunk of the year. It's definitely not Rudy Gobert. Man got two inches off the ground. Like, what, what, what is that? How can you be nominated for Duncan here? It's a layoff. Uh, I, I personally think that uh, Westbrook has the the dunk of the year. Like, just the Ooh. vicious athleticism of the man. You know, like throws it down. And you see the classic mean mug of Westbrook. He's like, okay, let's go. You know. <laughs> And they got the win in All that right. one. So yep. for yeah, so for me, my dunk of the year, it's gotta be B Miles Bridges on Clint Capella. I mean, see, like we we chose uh Edwards on uh you know what is his I don't know his name, but we chose Anthony Edwards, right? <laughs> see, with 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 his dunk, with his dunk, he couldn't land. He couldn't land on his feet, right? But Miles Bridges not only challenges Clint Capella, who is a blocker, shot blocker, and rim protector. But he does so with one hand cocked back and lands on his feet. Like, mm-hmm. I easily give that more props than Anthony Edwards' dunk on uh, – what's the name again? What? You, 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 you Watanabe. What a – You, you, you know Watanabe. Okay, yeah, Watanabe, yeah. That's right. That's Sorry, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, not not that dunk. I choose Miles Bridges' dunk by far. It's funny because, you know, Lawrence and I were kind of discussing it a little bit before we started recording, and I was very, very close to swaying towards Russell Westbrook because he's the smaller player dunking on the larger, you know, big man. And the speed in which it happened, because it was kind of like a nice little fake, and then all of a sudden he's at the rim, like Mm -hmm. tomahawking it. Like it was just nasty, nasty dunk. I would have said that one because of the height difference. But I'm going to stick with my original choice in Miles Bridges for reasons that Nat kind of touched on already. One being he dunked on somebody who has a defensive reputation. Clint Capella is known as a shot blocker. blocker. Granted, so is Bismack Biombo, But I think in recent years, it's been Clint Capella. You know, he's been the more coveted big man. I also feel like with Russ, he cocked it back, but it was just slightly behind his head. Whereas Miles Bridges, literally, he, like, reached way behind him <laughs> and then threw it down. Like, that yeah. was just bodied everything. It was just absolutely nasty. I think that – and then on top of that, you have the 
Charlotte Hornet announcers making it even more hype. Like those guys just take it to a whole other level. Yeah, I think they make they added like another five points onto that dunk. So if it was a ten out of ten with the the announcers, that's like a fifteen out of ten. Like they just crazy, crazy. I will. On the flip side, I don't know if you guys agree with this. Actually, let me ask you this: Which one is more boring, Kawhi Leonard dunking on? DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, uh, I'm sorry, DeAndre Ayton in boring fashion, you know, like a robot as he does, or Rudy Gobert dunking on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Which one is more boring? <laughs> oh. Lawrence? I mean, I, I still got to go with Rudy Gobert, man. Like, you can't get two inches off the ground. <laughs> You're in the NBA for being safe, man. <laughs> All right, for for me, I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with um Kawhi, only because I don't think he had any expression on his face when he did it. You know, like he just kind of went up and then walked away and ran to the side of the court after he did it. <laughs> the thing is, yo, with yo with with Giannis getting postered, he always gets bodied. Have you guys noticed that? <laughs> like, yes, like every yes, poster yes. that he gets posted on, <laughs> yes. he always gets like like flown to the ground or like loses his balance yes. and falls. Like this guy gets yeah, freaking yeah. like destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. So that was me, like Giannis kind of acting a little bit. So, but you know, more boring is Kawhi. Kawhi is just you know programmed to do that, and then he just walks away like a robot. Program. I feel the Gobert one is better because he dunked on the former Defensive Player of the Year. Whereas Kawhi, like snubbed, Aiden is not. He's he's not really anybody. It was kind of boring. He got fingertips on the rim. It wasn't like a true. I mean, he did get fouled, in my opinion. But so I think the most the more the more boring one between the two of them is Kawhi on Aiden. Uh, that's my take on that one. Now to kind of round off the and close the show. I was really hyped for this. I think we all were. Last week, the WNBA dropped their. Um, their uniforms for next season. And some of them just look straight fire. Straight fire. I sent you guys the link uh, prior to us beginning to record. I just wanted to get your guys' take. Um, You know, I wanted to go more in-depth and, like, describe each one and whatnot. Um, But for time's sakes, I just want to get your guys maybe top three. What are your top three out of these, uh, if you guys want, I could go first, then we could go Lawrence, and then we could go Nat. Uh, in no particular order for me, I absolutely love the New York Liberty. I love the one that's, you know, it says equality on there. Like, I think that's dope. I think that's clean. It's tough. The font, the color, the colorway just looks fire. I absolutely love mm-hmm. it. Um, I also go with the Seattle um, Storm. Their one jersey, it's just like, it's like a, oh man, I don't even know how to describe it. I wouldn't do it justice. The colorway is just clean. It just looks so tough. Um, if you guys look at the Seattle one on the last page, just the one on the left, that one, it, it just mm-hmm. goes hard. I don't know what it is. It just looks tough to me. The other, I guess my my third one, oh man, this is tough. <sighs> Okay, so my honorable mention would be Indiana, Indiana Fever, because they took um, Stranger Things. They took their theme and put it on a jersey, which I think is dope. Anything Stranger Things, you got my vote. I think that's dope right there. 
Uh, but I, I got to go with the Las Las Vegas Aces. Their one jersey, it just looks same thing. It, it reminds me of the Seattle Storm one. It's just tough. It's clean. I'm going to mm. go New York, Seattle, and Las Vegas. What about you, Lawrence? Man, I, I can't just pick three. Like, all these are so cool, man. Jeez, uh, <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, but, like, if I had to pick three, like like you said, no particular order. I love that New York Liberty one, that mint green uh, colorway. Oh, my God, that is clean. Right. Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu yep. is going to look real yep. good in that when she gets back. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm buying her jersey for sure. Oh, yeah. Um. I really like that LA jersey uh, with the they got the palm tree as the L, man. Like any jersey that has a nice side to it, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, th- I think that's really, I don't know, that sticks out for me. Um, I got to go with the like I got to mention that, the that. uh, that's my honorable mention. But I really like that Chicago jersey. I don't know. It looks just look like a. I don't even know how to describe Ooh. that. It looks like I don't know lightning. Or like ice or so, I, so, I don't know what that is, but whatever it is, it looks dope as hell. It looks like cracked ice to me or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the squirrel in so, I in a ice age landed on the jersey. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, so so for my three picks, you guys kind of already mentioned it, but I'll go through it again. Um, my favorite favorite one is the Indiana Fever. The Stranger Things take on that. That one's so clean with the blood on it too, or proposed blood on it as well. Um, I do like also the Chai Town, the one Lawrence picked out. Got that, that like shattered ice almost, a shattered glass kind of look to it. it. Looks so clean. But my third one that you guys didn't mention, which needs more respect, is the Mystics Rise jersey. I think that I was going to say that looks, one looks clean to yes. me. I don't yes. know why. Like that. Okay. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It, like that, that like um, pink shade with like the little like mm-hmm. uh, you know blue and the white kind of trace you know around that. It, I think it's clean with the rise on it too, especially. Mm-hmm. So those are my three picks. These these jerseys go hard for sure. No, yeah, I, I I agree. I feel like I like what the WNBA is doing in terms of these jerseys. So for people who don't know, they're going to be releasing three editions. One is the heroine, which is return of the you know the white uniform. They have rebel, which you know signifies female empowerment. You know, I think that's a, a dope concept. And then they have explorer, which is like the creative margins of the team's identity. And what I've seen thus far, like like what Lauren said, like it's hard to pick just three. If if mm-hmm. you guys haven't seen it yet, I highly suggest you know just Google it. You know, check out. WNBA, they're going to have it there for sure. Some of these jerseys, man, like I'm not going to lie. Like I would say almost all of them. I'm not going to lie. I think all of them are better than probably like 80, 85% of the men's jerseys, the NBA, you know, the the jersey that the men are wearing, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like these go hard. Like these are tough. These are tough. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. I can't wait for the WNBA season to start. Um, I don't know if you guys watch, but – that's something I've been working on. I'm, I'm glad that Lawrence man, uh, mentioned Sabrina Ionescu. I've been following her since Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. I got a Fanatics t-shirt where it has like the New York Liberty on it and it has her name down the middle of the back. It's tough. Ooh. It's so clean. I love that one. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I feel like 
WNBA jerseys, man, they're I like what they're doing. I really like mm-hmm. what they're doing. Before we we go ahead and we sign off, is there anything you guys want to you know plug? Anything you want to say? Anything we forgot before we go? Nothing for me. I'm good. We're all straight. Yes, sir. All right. Um, with that said, I just want to say you know thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, thank you for your continued support. Please stay tuned next week. We're gonna have more content for you. We're gonna go over more things. Give you our hot takes on, of course, all things NBA. With that said, everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you guys next time. This has been a Fuse Podcast original produced by yours truly, Nat, with music by Johnny C.